Hey, Redheads and everyone else listening. I'm Stephanie. I'm Adrian, and welcome to season five. We Woo-hoo. are really excited. This is a really big season for us. We have recorded weeks and weeks and weeks of podcasts. So you can look forward to hearing us every Friday. Um, And to kick it off, we are talking to Jessica Gagin. She is the first natural redhead to win the title of Miss England in 2022. And she is actively going to be representing redheads in England for Miss World um, coming up you know, we're recording this in January, but she will be doing it sometime this spring. So we're really, really excited to talk with her about being a natural redhead. And I think what Stephanie and I are most excited about in talking to her is how positive she is, not just for redheads, but for women. Yeah. And She's ex- yes, exactly that. She's passionate also about aviation and women in STEM. Um, STEM consists of natural sciences, math, engineering, and technology related fields. And back in May of this past year, we actually did an article telling you about her ambition to be Miss England and how she suffered severe bullying growing up because of her red hair. So it's pretty remarkable because she hit back at all of these bullies by becoming a beauty queen, which is amazing. And now the first redhead to represent England. And I think that just shows something about who she is and her character and how she stood up exactly to those bullies that really impacted maybe and took a toll on her Mm -hmm. when she was younger. So after winning Miss England this past year, She posted on Instagram saying, quote, the moment a dream came true, I'm blessed to have been crowned the very first redheaded Miss England and strive to empower children facing torment for their red locks while showing, showcasing the phenomenal opportunities which lie in STEM careers along the way. Exciting things to come, end quote. And we just loved, I think Adrian and I, when we saw that on Instagram, we were like, oh my God, we got to get her on the podcast because that just exudes confidence. And I think so Mm -hmm. many redheads listening in can maybe relate to her with the bullying and also learn from her on what she did to overcome it and how did she stand up to the bullies and just never back down and just own who she was and her red hair. So uh, I don't think we've ever talked to anyone um, in her field too. So that's going to be pretty exciting. And her focus on STEM and aviation, which I think is pretty remarkable. Um, And if you follow her on Instagram, you know, she is, she's so beautiful. So we'll have to definitely ask her even right about some, some beauty beauty questions. Oh yeah. I feel like we just are going to have so much in common with her. I just have a feeling. I just have a really big feeling. And I also am always so interested to talk to redheads about the difference about growing up in the United States with mm. red hair and in England. So I don't think we can wait any longer. I think we just need to call her. Yeah, let's call her up. Now available eyebrow and lash products for redheads created by us, Adrian and Stephanie. Clean, paraben-free, vegan, made in the USA. Discover eyebrow gels and a precision pencil in universal red for all redheads. Mascaras in auburn and brown with a tint of red and so much more. Shop it all at shop.howtobearedhead.com. Hi, Jessica. It's Stephanie and Adrian Vendetti from How to Be a Redhead. Thank you so much for joining us. 
Hello. It's nice to meet you virtually. <laughs> First, we want to thank you for being such a positive influence for women and redheads worldwide. <laughs> We've read articles where you say you didn't run for the beauty queen title to just win, but you wanted to show the world women are more than just pretty faces, and you wanted to show young redheads that they can do anything. And we know life as a young redhead isn't easy for many, and you experienced a lot of teasing and severe malicious bullying. So what was it like growing up as a redhead, specifically in London, in England? So usually as a redhead in England, in my experience anyway, I was the only one in my class, definitely in a primary school, which is, oh gosh, you guys do school different as well. Uh, primary school, yeah. is, <laughs> it's from the age of about four up until about 11. So I was the only person in my class that had ginger hair then and I never had any problems in primary school at all and then you do high school then from the age of like 11 12 up until you get to 16 um and that's when it became a little bit different and I think it's because there is a a social hierarchy in high school um and this obviously is like an international thing it's not just something that happens in the UK Mm -hmm. um and I think a lot of the time kids are trying to get laughs from their friends so they're not necessarily saying things to be malicious I think they don't realize the weight of the words and you being one of the only redheads in your class if not the yeah. only redhead in your class you are suddenly kind of like a walking target you're, you're easy you stand out so you tend to get it a lot and um I used to kind of like bottle up everything that people said and then I'll go home and release it which would be me getting upset I just never wanted people to see me upset during my school like school days and stuff and if I did get upset I'd go to the bathroom and kind of try and let it out I used to think I need to appear strong people can't let me feel this way people can't know that they're making me feel this way and if I had my time again I wish I would have actually communicated my feelings a little bit more because there probably was other people who are feeling similar for different reasons it might not have been the hair color so yeah up and down (laughs) yeah yeah and do you feel like you've overcome that now like you feel like you you know if someone says anything about your hair now as an adult does it just doesn't bother you at all no not at all um it's my identity now I think it, the thing about being a mm. red when you go through high school it, it becomes your identity and one thing that actually helped me I was very lonely my early few years in high school so when I was uh, 12 13 14 and then I got a group of friends uh, by the middle of high school and they welcomed me by calling me Ginge and originally I kind of bristled because I was like my name's Jess I prefer the name Jess but then it become apparent that everybody starting to call me Jin suddenly kind of like welcomed me and that became my nickname and what people referred to me as because there were in my high school there were a few more redheads but still not that many and um I was nicknamed then as Ginge and it kind of made me belong and it did become my identity it become everything I was about and it was like I'm proud to be the only redhead in my class I'm proud to be the ginger one yes I stand out that's a great thing and you just gain this confidence um from your red hair and then you leave school and people start dying their hair ginger and you're like wait a minute <laughs> it wasn't cool a few years ago <laughs> and do you feel like you've overcome that now you at all yeah absolutely um I always say um use the pain to raise your game and 
luckily enough, I managed to become a fashion model and earn money from having red hair. <laughs> so. Right, right. I know you use it to your advantage. It, are, um, are your parents redheads or like what is the background with having red hair? No. So um, my mom and dad aren't redheads. And when I was growing up, my sister was born with a red slight redness to her hair but then it went blonde as she got older whereas mine just stayed the same I've always had ginger hair and then as I got older it was kind of like hang on a minute why am I the only person in my whole extended family with red hair like what's going on um and it become apparent that my dad's mum who had passed away before I was born she always used to dye her hair so we think that she was a redhead dad didn't actually know one of his sisters said yeah I think she was but yeah he didn't actually know until I was 20 years old at the time I'd lived 20 years not knowing where my hair had come from <laughs> yeah yeah I know you just like never know when it we actually have a cousin who um on our Italian side she's dark black hair her boyfriend or fiance is brown hair mm-hmm. right and their baby is pale like us and bright red like carrot like you would never in a million years think that these are the parents of this young girl and it's crazy it's like when I saw that they had her and her hair color I was like anything's possible but um yeah it's really unbelievable you never know when it's gonna like come about and um yeah she's like another redhead of the family now but there's very few of us my mum always says that I got it from her because she actually had dyed red hair when I was born. So when I was born, all of the nurses and the midwives were like, oh my gosh, your baby's got this gorgeous red hair. She's just like, mum. And my mum was like, dyed. <laughs> Don't know where this has come from. It's the real deal. <laughs> and then speaking of your red hair, can you tell us a little bit about your hair care routine like we said, your hair just looks so long, luscious, and just absolutely gorgeous. So for me, I try to have as much moisture on my hair as possible and as much heat protect because obviously yeah. I've worked as a model for a very long time, like nearly 12 years now. And although the hairstylist tends to look after your hair, sometimes it just helps to douse your hair and heat protect before you've even gone to a shoot so usually I try to focus on like shampoos I don't know if I'm allowed to name brands at all um yeah no go ahead yeah yeah, definitely name brands yeah I use uh, the L'Oreal Elvive shampoo um okay Nova retails in the US I don't know why I'm talking about it but um it's for dry and damaged hair it's in like an orange and pink bottle um and yeah, I, I use that like religiously. That's the only thing I really use. And then sometimes I will use conditioning treatments as well. Um, so it, especially if I've had a hair shoot and I feel like my hair has been a bit frazzled as well. Um, and then I also try to get it cut. I'd love to say regularly, <laughs> but usually <laughs> like three times a year because I love the length of it. So same, if, same. If it really needs a cut, then I will get it cut. But if it doesn't and I'm just doing it just to kind of like, keep on top of it so to say sometimes I leave it a bit longer <laughs> but yeah, most, yeah. My, my main thing is just use a good heat protect spray like dry it into your hair and then if anybody's going to mess with your hair afterwards on a shoot on a job whatever it's already on your hair you've done what you do so that's my main tip my hair is in a bun right now so you can't tell but it's long mm-hmm. um and do you feel like they love to cut it? That's how I feel. As someone who loves my long red hair, I feel like if I go to the to the hair salon, the reason I only go a couple times a year is because I feel like they cut it too short every time. 
they definitely get scissor happy yes I understand that that I'll usually say oh can you take off what's needed but ideally I only want an inch off um right same three inches are gone and I know (laughs) I'm like and they're like it was all dead they're like it was all dead I'm like I don't think so I don't think it was I don't think it was I'm like I get you're the professional but I think we could have got away with less (laughs) yes I I totally agree um another question I have that's um you know just on topic of beauty did you have a hard time embracing your fair skin you know what? Actually, this is a good thing to talk about. I've never actually spoken about this in an interview before, but definitely around, I want to say 2015, 2016, yes. And I think it's because mm. of the influx of popularity of Instagram influencers, because yeah. I had worked as a model for so long since I was 15, where my like type, what I was meant to look like, my blank canvas was red hair and pale skin. That's what I used to get booked for. And then suddenly with Instagram becoming so much of a popular social media, you're kind of bombarded with images of girls who are very sun-kissed, which is quite attainable Mm -hmm. for a lot of people, especially people who were in the influencer scene back in the day. But for a natural redhead, it's really unattainable unless it's fake. So I became very conscious of, yeah, my skin color. I realized that if I did put fake tan on, I'd be able to see a, a bit more definition of like my my abs and I mm-hmm. began to like it. And especially if I knew I was going to be in a bikini, even now, if I know that I'm going to be in a bikini, I'm not really meant to be putting any tan on at all, but I still do. Um, yeah. It's yeah. just something I personally need to get over. I'm not saying people should do that. Um, I think pale skin is absolutely lovely, but it's just something I think because the media have bombarded you for so long. Yeah. Saying, oh, you know, pale skin, uh, you know, you look unwell or you look sick or something like that. Yeah. I think subconsciously something you think about in the back of your mind like oh I need to be tanned to look good and you don't you can yeah. I mean it's raining now you could probably guess that but even when we do have sun it takes me five minutes to start feeling it and if I've not got any sun cream on after 10 minutes I am starting to go red and people don't yeah. believe me and I'm like no genuinely and even if I've coated myself in sun cream and then I go out if I don't reapply it, I will get burnt. And I've had people approach me and say, oh, you're so silly. You didn't put sun cream on. And I'm like, I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm always wearing factor 50 plus kids, water resistant, you know, the strongest stuff I, I can find. And I've just got such sensitive skin. And, you know, it's something we've got to embrace as redheads. So I'm not the biggest my yeah like super pale legs like you won't catch me in like really short shorts unless it's a photo shoot and I have to be in them um but yeah we, we've got pale skin and we should be proud of it <laughs> I know you know I I Stephanie not, Stephanie I feel like you and really embrace your fair skin I have all even being like even being the co-founder of how to be a redhead right which is like all about empowerment and everything i still i feel exactly the way you feel jessica like i think it's beautiful when i see other people like my sister even who don't wear any don't wear a sunless tan or like you know just embrace it i'm like oh it looks so great but for me personally i grab the mitt and the sunless tanner and i use it because i think you're right it's all about the media putting it into my head that that's beauty is being yeah. tan and i i'm not sure yet so don't quote me on this I'm tempted when I do go to Miss World to go completely tan free and really put the statement I was gonna ask 
Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm going to have to have a speak with like my director and stuff about that because I never go really crazy tanned anyway. I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen videos and pictures of me yeah. from my national contest and it's usually like the bare minimum basically just to kind of like yeah. warm me up that's the best way I can put it so I never usually wear a lot anyway um but yeah I am I am tempted I, I might do that but I'm not sure yet because um I want to do everything right <laughs> we want the first what do you what do you, what do you use for sunless tan um Oh, gosh, so I don't have a set um, false tan that I use. It's usually a foam and mitt, essentially. Yeah, and I'll same. Yeah, the next day I'll wash it off in the shower and I've got a good three days of not being really, really pale. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I've used I've used everything. Um, but I think that's, that's going to be on like my personal you know, New Year's resolutions, I think is just to like embrace my fair skin a little bit more and like my and finding beauty in it myself, mm-hmm. rather than like, I don't really want to hear because I'm sure people aren't going to compliment my pale skin, maybe they will. But I think I just want to embrace it for myself this year. Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, I've even had people say to me like, Oh my gosh, like your your arms are so veiny. And I'm like, No, my skin is that pale. It's virgin on transparent now. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's like blue. I know ours is like that too. It's so so normal, but people see that and they kind of relate it to, yeah, like health and they think, oh gosh, she must be sick. She's so pale and you can see all of her. I'm like, no, that's completely normal. If you have red hair, that is normal. (laughs) So shifting gears a bit, not talking about beauty, we wanted to talk about STEM. We know you're passionate about women in STEM. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I do a lot to encourage girls to get into engineering careers or STEM careers as a whole, because engineering, I feel is almost like an umbrella over the STEM careers. It takes a whole village, you know, to create a rocket. People think rocket science, think aerospace engineer, which is what I've studied. But actually, there's all different types of engineering and science involved in, say, launching a rocket. So I try my best after realizing that only 10% of my cohort were female to educate young girls about these industries can be for them because when I was younger people used to say to me oh Jess you'd be a really good engineer or oh Jess you know maybe you should do this and I used to think why would I want to be an engineer I don't want to be in overalls working on a lathe like not for me that no thank you but that isn't engineering that's genuine technician's role engineering is all about problem solving so I try my best to communicate what you can get out of the different types of engineering, how they interlink, or even just kind of like blow the trumpet of an engineering degree as a whole. Like I am always getting recruited to go into finance roles, (laughs) which is absolutely lovely because obviously there's a lot of money in the industry. Um, And in the future, you never know, I might end up going down that path at the moment. I have to focus on being Miss England and then finishing my master's degree. Um, But yeah, like engineering really can lead to so many different things. So I really try my best to, uh, to, yeah, showcase it to young girls and young boys as well. You've talked openly about wanting to become a pilot, but your eyesight has been a barrier. How are you dealing with that currently? So I'm just kind of, in my head, I always say, right, if I can't get something and I've exhausted every avenue of trying to get it, then it's not meant for me in this life. I might be able to achieve that in my second life. Um, And I'm not really, I know that sounds very spiritual um, and religious. No, no, no. We believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not 
I'm not a religious person at all, but um, that's just the way I kind of put my mind at ease. And I'm also in the back of my head very aware that technology changes all of the time. And so years ago, when I went to have the medical that is required for a uh, class one in Europe, so that's a standard in Europe, you have to have a class one medical. And that's what I failed on eyesight grounds. Um, the maximum um spectrum for laser eye surgery up to a plus five prescription currently now it's up to a plus six prescription now i'm still higher than that but in the past few years it's changed you know it's become wider it's become broader so that gives me hope that in the future maybe by the time i'm in my mid-30s i will be able to get that medical and then i'll be able to become a commercial pilot if that's what i want to do when I'm in my mid-30s, I can become a private pilot. I'm allowed to do that. So that's definitely on the bucket list. Um, they can't stop me from lying. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think that that is, it gives such hope that we never give up. And um, that is, that's a really good message to send to anyone who's even listening. And like, they're like, should I, or, you know, should I keep going? I think that that's like the, the main message is always to just keep going and follow your heart. Absolutely. And everything happens for a reason. And a lot of the time, you're not going to find out that reason until years down the line, like years and years down the line. I've had situations where I've had something happen to me. And I've thought my whole life path is now changed because I've not got, for instance, that certain job. And why is this? Why has this happened? I, and I'll never forget a few years ago, I applied for a job, which I wanted so much. And I'd been told that I got the job, but I was put on hold. And then 10 months down the line, they released mine and the other girls applications who've been told we got this role. And mm. I put my life on hold for this job. And it, at the time, it felt like the end of the world. I was like, what am I going to do? I just I just don't know what's happening in my life. And then fast forward a few years down the line, I've managed to get an aerospace degree, empower women to get into STEM careers. And as a result, been scouted for Miss England, won it, become the first ever redhead to win Miss England. And I'm going to be representing England at Miss World. And I'm like, that wouldn't have happened had I got that job. But I didn't know that. So that's something I keep in the back of my head all the time. I might not find out the reason I'm unsuccessful for a long time, but eventually I will. It will all make sense. <laughs> it will. It will. It has life has a way of just, yeah, turning out in that way. Like it's I think sometimes if you have the mindset of like life isn't happening to you, but you know, you kind of have more control and you can kind of like ebb and flow with it. I think that it's just such a better life than having to like, you know do things that are really hard and have a bad mindset. I think staying positive, like you are, you're so positive. That's exactly the way that you should live. Thank you. Yeah, that's so, that's so, I love that. I love that. Um, so we're recording this right now in January. So when this airs, Miss World will probably already be complete. Um, but talking now as if, you know, cause we know that you're getting ready to compete in Miss World 2023, correct? Yeah, we actually don't know when or where it's going to be yet. They've not announced okay. it. So we've been told spring, but we don't know when. Spring, okay. Yeah. Okay, so maybe it will air and we won't know yet. But um, we're really excited to watch you take the stage and obviously make redheads and women proud. Um, how are you preparing for it? Like, especially not knowing the details yet. Are you nervous? What are you doing to, to get ready? So... Of course, there's a lot of things to organize, like um, your evening gown and then your national costume is a big one because that's kind of tailor-made for you and you help design oh, wow. it. 
Um, and then obviously there's a lot of headshots to do. I do a lot of media work as well. So stuff like podcasts, um, I love getting the word out there. And I'm actually in contact with, weirdly enough, a lot of the institutions that I credit my degree. So I make a lot of content on my socials about getting girls into STEM careers. And after winning Miss England, I did have a lot of these awarding bodies get in contact with me, like the Institution of Mechanical Engineers and the Royal Aeronautical Society. And these big companies want me to spread the word further. So hopefully I've been doing a lot of meetings with them behind the scenes to try and yeah, get the word out more, whether that's creating content or visiting schools. I visit a lot of schools anyway, to get girls thinking about engineering and basically be the person I needed when I was growing up. And that's not to say I had a bad upbringing. I had a a fantastic childhood. And I'm so grateful that my mum and dad were able to provide that for me and let me go and play out with, you know, my friends in the street and my sister and stuff like that. But as I say, there was certain industries which I had no idea about so I'm now there to kind of like light the flame so to say and make these kids think oh actually yeah I could do that and help them believe especially in the UK where I come from um is a a very working class area so a lot of kids don't dare to dream because they assume it's unachievable so I'm out there to show them that they can utilize the fantastic education system we have in England to become what they want to be and also it's okay to fail I failed at loads of things you know like it's took me I did a a foundation year to get into my degree so I had to study physics for a year then in the UK a bachelor's is three years which I've done I started my master's I've now had to pause it because I'm Miss England so that's a year out I'll then have another year to do the master's in total I'll have been at university for six years um and to a lot of people They'll think, oh gosh, that's so long, but that time's going to pass anyway. And if you have to right. reset exams, retake things, and so be it. You know, we're all dealt different cards in life. You do what you need to do to get what you want in life, and don't listen to anybody else. Yeah, no, that's that's so true. I feel like I I heard this the other day that failing is another step towards getting that yes and and getting that you know, what, and you know, you can get like a hundred no's, but it just needs that one. Yes. So just like keep focusing on, on that. And then you'll be able to, you know, be on the right track. I think that that is absolutely it. Like if you, like you said, if you fail something, just keep going because at the end, all you really care about is that you did get the degree or you did get whatever it is, you know, it's at the end when you do win, you just win and you forget about the failure anyway. Yeah, like nobody asks me, Jess, how many times did it take you to pass your driving test? They ask Jess, have you got a driver's license? And I say yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nobody's actually bothered in the long run apart from yourself. So if you can detach yourself from that kind of thinking, it's really going to help you out. And as mentioned, like there's people who are trying to do, for instance, a degree at the same time as having working commitments or they might have kids or anything you know it takes them a little bit longer for valid reasons we are all dealt different so um yeah it's really important to just kind of stay on your lane stay grounded and work at your own pace because you will get there eventually yeah yeah that's so that's so true um I have two questions we were going to end it with one question but I actually have two questions and it's kind of um back to beauty a little bit but I always love to ask a redhead this but do you prefer black mascara or brown mascara oh good question oh I'm a black mascara fan (laughs) Mm, I know 
when I first started wearing makeup, so in I went to a Catholic high school. Um, same, and, same sort of way. Yeah, you couldn't get away with anything at all there. So Mm-mm. I didn't start really wearing makeup until I became a model. And even now, like I keep it as basic as possible. Like it's usually only, I think mascara is the big thing as a redhead because your eyelashes go from being borderline white to, oh my gosh, I can see them. Like I've not really got yeah. much on at all right now. Um, so yeah, I started off wearing brown mascara. I felt uncomfortable to begin with because black was so contrasting to my white eyelashes. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, gradually I just become used to it and now I wear black, but um, yeah. Same. <laughs> Same. No, we love black too. We have been wearing brown. We should send you our finally have lashes. We should send you our our mascaras yes. so that you can test them and see if you like them. Um, they're clean. And, yeah, we'll have to send them to you. It would be fantastic. Yeah, I've seen it on Instagram um, and they look fantastic. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thanks. Um, so tell us, you know, to end on a super positive note, what do you feel is like the best thing about being a redhead? I'm going to say ends up being the thing you don't like at the beginning. So at the beginning, a lot of people don't like the fact that they are the only person in the vicinity who's got red hair. They don't like being singled out. I now mm-hmm. love it. I am so easy to spot. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I yeah. go to the bar with my friends and they'll be like, where's Jess? Uh, oh yeah, she's over there. That tall ginger girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you're so individual and yeah we just stand out I think it's something that's definitely to be celebrated um because I feel like the media kind of portrays redheads in two ways either you are Jessica Rabbit sexy redhead or Mm -hmm. you are you know ugly geeky nerdy girl that nobody none of the boys like which is what I always resonated with when I was going through my schooling years I used to think oh, nobody would like me because I've got ginger hair. And you always hear the thing, blondes or brunettes. And I'm always like, well, where do I fit into that? <laughs> I've got ginger right, hair. Right. So um, I think, yeah, I think when you learn to own your red hair, that is the best thing about being a redhead, being the one that stands out, you know, people can spot you a mile away. And it's, it's a great thing. It really is. Uh, we are so blessed to have this such rare genetic combination and people start to try to replicate it and they can never get it the same because obviously you know the hair grows and stuff like that whereas ours is just nat- naturally like this um yeah it's definitely being are, are you going to be the only natural redhead at miss world or do you know are there going to be others so far i have looked and um, so far i am the only redhead confirmed now that could change because they could have more girls right. enter the competition um, and then again, they wouldn't be natural. Girls might decide they want to dye their hair red. But I think a lot of the time, um, and I know uh, in my contract when I was uh, signing that as Miss England, they like you to like stay what you represented when you won the contest. So um, as it stands, unless anything's been updated recently, I think I'm the only redhead in it so far. And that's amazing. I'm the only redhead in it this year. There'll probably be like 90 odd girls like how cool would that be to represent, be on the stage and be like, yes, I am part of the 2%. I'm here to represent all of you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's such a big deal because all the years, like even when we watch like a TV show or something and it goes on for many seasons and there hasn't been a redhead, you're like, how can there not be a redhead? So I feel like people are really going to notice that I, you are the only redhead. I talk about this all the time. Like when I was younger, 
And it's only when you realize when you look back on it. I used to watch TV and if I saw a redhead, I'd be like Googling thinking, have they got natural red hair? Because mm-hmm. somebody that resonates with your life experience and have yeah. they been through what I've been through? Do they think the same? And you want to see a successful natural redhead on the TV to know that you're going to get through the other side, whatever you're facing, any hardship. And that's what I used to feel like when I was 12, 13 in my early years of high school. I was always looking for someone to look up to who had natural red hair that wasn't um, a Harry Potter character. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right, right. Oh my gosh. Well, we are so cheering for you at Miss World and we will, you know, tell everyone as soon as we, you know, know where it's going to be and tell everyone to tune in and then of course cheer for you the day of. So, you know, know that so many people are there cheering for you. So congratulations on everything. And, you know, you've, you've already won really, you know, the fact that you're there and you won Miss England, you feel like you've already won. So you definitely have, and we're excited to watch your journey and follow it on social Thank you. Yeah, it'd be interesting because it's like apparently a whole month contest. Like they have us doing everything all at once, like what they do with Miss Universe, but it's it's spread out longer. So we'll see what happens this year. I'll let you guys know when it's going to happen and where it's going to mm-hmm. happen. Um, but yeah, I'm there to represent the redheads. <laughs> yes, yeah, well, we well thank wait. you so much, Jessica, for your time. And we loved having you on our podcast. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Now available, eyebrow and lash products for redheads, created by us, Adrian and Stephanie. Clean, paraben-free, vegan, made in the USA. Discover eyebrow gels and a precision pencil in universal red for all redheads. Mascaras in auburn and brown with a tint of red and so much more. Shop it all at shop.howtobearedhead.com. It's time for question and answers. Daily, we get an array of questions from social media, comments, emails, and direct messages. We thought it would be fun to bring these to the How to Be a Redhead podcast. We'll answer four to five questions per podcast. So if you have any questions, email h2barpodcast at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Our handle is How to Be a Redhead. So let's get right into it. So the first question is from Amelia on Instagram. And she asked us, how do you get people not to call you ginger? I don't like that name. Which Adrian, I feel like is really common. Yeah. Yeah. And for in, the in the redhead right, world. Right. And like for the first episode of season five, I feel like this is really important to talk about because so many people on Instagram, TikTok hate to be called ginger, but then some people love to be called ginger. Like some people Yeah. How do you feel about it? I'm fine with it. Honestly, I think it's just a personal preference. And maybe it's maybe it could be how if you had a bad situation right, right. growing up, or maybe there was a, if you were bullied and kept calling, be calling ginger, then, okay, you, you hate, you're very disliked the word ginger. I don't have a problem with that. Do you? No, no. I mean, I, we didn't grow up with that term. Like at the first time I heard it, I was in my twenties. So I think mm. that's why I'm kind of impartial to it. Cause it wasn't like I was being called that at a young age, which I think yeah, that must be why a lot of people I know from just our um, just from talking to Jessica on this episode, like she had such a different experience than we did growing up. Um, and I think at different parts of the world, you are treated different for your red hair, you know, like they mm-hmm. called her so many names. So, um, if you don't want to be called ginger, so to answer the question, I 
would not say, like, I wouldn't go out of my way and say, don't call me that because then you probably will be called that more, especially in like a school setting. Mm -hmm. But I would maybe just make it seem like it doesn't bother you and just fake it because then when they know it doesn't bother you, they probably won't call that. They won't probably won't call you Ginger anymore. So that's my advice if you don't want to be called it. I wouldn't say, don't call me that because then they're going to call you that all the time. Right. No, I exactly, I agree. And just rock your red hair. Yeah. And stay strong. (laughs) Yes. The next question is from Haley on Instagram. And she asked us, do redheads tend to have more dental issues or sensitivity? Which is a really great question, Haley, because, well, I know the whole, Adrian, we've talked about it. um, We're going to actually, we're going to have a whole episode this season about yeah about this stuff about being fearful of the dentist and needing more anesthesia but to be honest when it comes to having issues dental issues i think that's um i don't know if that's a genetic thing versus a redhead thing but i know maybe sensitivity could be yes for for, because redheads are typically more sensitive but you have sensitive gums yeah i do so it could be a redhead thing. I mean, I think if you have sensitive Mine's f- if you have sensitive skin, don't you think sometimes you could have sensitive gums? I mean, you don't yeah. have sensitive skin, so maybe that doesn't work. Yeah, my dentist said it was from wearing braces. All, all. Oh, he's seeing more and more. Once, if you've had braces for like a certain amount of years, which I had it for like three, four years. Later down the road, they're showing that it's sensitive to your gums. I get that. I get that. Yeah, like the metal did the metal make you? I don't know. More sensitive. I mean, I have braces too, but you had it for a lot longer than I did. Yeah. So I think a lot though, from what I've learned and what I've read is that a lot of teeth issues, um, like root canals and cavity and other stuff is a lot of it's genetic. Mm-hmm. So, so Haley, yeah, I guess just ask your, your dentist about that. But when it comes to, like we said, when it comes to needing more narcotics or, um, anesthesia. you know, if you need anesthesia and the, the fear of the dentist, those two topics we will touch upon this season. And we're really excited about to actually have a dentist on who is a redhead, which right. is like a little sneak cool. peek. Yeah. A little, a yeah. little sneak peek. I think too, I'm wondering if Haley wrote this question because maybe she's had a lot of pain at the dentist mm. and she's thinking it's like dental issues or sensitivity, but I'm actually wondering if it's pain, which we will cover in depth. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if, that's you, interesting. if you know, if you're like going to the dentist and you're experiencing pain, I think I would have that same question. Like, <laughs> like I'm having yeah. dental problems and I'm having like people are like, what? But like, if you're experiencing uh-huh. more pain because redheads experience more pain, then then the answer would be absolutely. So yeah, um, I think definitely stay tuned because in the upcoming weeks, we're going to have a dentist on. So we mm-hmm. will answer more of this in depth this season. Yeah. The third question makes me laugh. Um, it's from JV on Instagram. <laughs> Are you twins? <laughs> <laughs> we get asked that all the time. I know. No, we're not. We're actually two years apart. Sometimes three from April to August. We're three. Right. Right, right. Yeah, we're three. Which is crazy. Yeah, so we're not twins. Um, Let's just say that for, for the first episode. Let's just say that we are not twins. Just to like really yeah, hit it yeah. home, you know, we are not twins. Even on the back of our book, it says like, we're not twins. Um, but everyone yeah. thinks we are. So we just like, we roll with it a lot of the times. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And we, we look alike. Even, I mean, we are sisters. I know. I know. We're sisters. I think people who know us are like, you don't look anything alike. Like our parents mm-hmm. would never think that we're twins at all because we actually do have different facial. There, yeah. there's, there's certain things about our faces that are different. But I think yeah. like when you give us a quick glance, like we could be very, very similar, especially mm-hmm. in different angles and photos. Yeah. Yep. So we're not. Um, and the final question of this episode is from Kathy on Instagram. And she asked us, do you have a list of makeup products or brands that don't have toxic chemicals? I, I, I finally, our entire line. I finally have brows, <laughs> finally have lashes. Any products that we come out with will not have any toxic chemicals. So in terms of brands, you can always turn to how to be a redhead, especially as we continue to roll out more products. I think too, this exact question is why we started howtobearedhead.com. So mm-hmm. if you want to find, I don't know, like, uh, let's just say some foundations or, um, you know, anything sunscreens that we recommend. If you head to howtobearedhead.com and you head up to the search button, you can literally search for anything. And there are 12 years worth of articles um, of products that we love and adore. So definitely head to howtobearedhead.com and then check out our shop too, as we continue to expand our line. You want to help us spread the news about the How to Be a Redhead brand in this podcast? Please give us a five-star review and tell your friends. Everyone redheads and everyone else to subscribe you can listen to this podcast directly on our website howtobearedhead.com on apple itunes spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts and don't forget to look at the podcast notes to find links with products mentioned and so much more rock like a redhead rock like a redhead